needed $187,000, and we got an update this week that that has been fully funded. So praise the Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, you know, to uh, the Lord's giving and to being part of what the Lord is doing over there in Italy. So here we are in Matthew chapter 6. We're doing a series called Life Goals, and in this series, we've been talking about how Jesus said you can have the wrong life goal. You definitely can point your life at the wrong thing, and a way to have the wrong life goal is to really, really focus on what other people think and really be trying to perform for other people and kind of show off and prove how good you are and how godly you are and how spiritual you are and just impress other people with what you're doing. So you're, you're kind of doing acts of kindness while you're looking at people and seeing what they're thinking of you. Uh, at least in the eye of your mind, or you're praying that way, or you're fasting that way, or whatever it is that you're doing. Another way to get it wrong would be to store up treasures here on earth and make the whole purpose of your life being storing up treasures here on earth. And the reason that, Jesus says, the reason that's a bad idea is because all that stuff is going away. The third way to get it wrong is what we're going to talk about today And that is to always, always, always be worried about running out. Like, what if we run out? What if we don't have enough? What will we do to always be worried? And Jesus said the right thing to do in in all these different circumstances is seek first God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, believing that all these other things will be added unto you. So here's your homework for today. I'm just going to tell you this in the beginning, so you can be thinking about it while we roll through the passage. If you are going to fill this out, kind of write what you're, going to wor- what you're worried about in the, in the blank there, what would you put there? So I will stop worrying about, so you might, you know, write money. Like, what do you worry about? You might put somebody's name in there. Who do you worry about? When do you worry about this stuff? I will stop worrying about, okay, so what do you worry about? Who do you worry about? When do you tend to worry? Why do you worry? We'll talk about why we worry in a little bit. And then how do you stop worrying? Well, I'm going to argue that you give these things to God. That submitting these things to God is the answer. So let's see this in the text. Let's go ahead and walk through this. Here we are in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. As I try to prove, okay, that your heavenly Father cares for you. So this is going to be the reason I'm going to tell you that you don't have to worry. The reason you don't have to worry is because God's got you. Because God is watching over you. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through, and he knows what you need. And he likes you. Here we are. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Some translations have worry. You're going to see that word anxious six times this morning in these, in these couple of verses. Do not be anxious. Let's read that, the yellow part, out loud. I'm going to read the white part. Then you read the yellow part with me, just so this kind of sinks in. Jesus said, therefore I tell you, 
about your life. Don't worry. How many of you are like, Jesus? That's a lot easier said than done. How many of you are thinking that internally but are afraid even to smile at that because you're worried that other people will know that you might have a problem with worry? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? In other words, if God gave you a body, will he not give you, clo- will he not give you food and will he not give you clothing? He knows what you need. He gave you a body. He'll give you stuff to take care of it. So you don't have to worry. Look at the birds of the air, Jesus says. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns that your Father feeds, that your heavenly Father feeds them. So God looks after birds. And this is an argument from lesser to greater. So the idea is, if God likes birds, how much more will he take care of you? Because he likes you way more than birds. And if birds never sow, you know, birds never plant, birds never reap, birds never put away for winter, like they they just kind of live in the day. And if God takes care of them, how much more will he take care of you? And you do sow, and you do reap, and you do harvest, and you do store up. It's an argument from lesser to greater. And this is why he says, are you not of more value than they? He likes birds. But he likes you a lot better. I think you need to hear yourself say, God likes me more than birds. So why don't you say it with me? Ready? One, two, three. God likes me more than birds. You know, he likes you better than he likes birds. He likes the birds, but he likes you better. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're worried about. And just have this clear in your mind, God loves me. And if he takes care of the birds, he'll take care of me. And which of you, by being, what's that next word? Anxious. Which one of you, by being worried, which one of you, by gritting your teeth and being tense, can add a single hour to his span of life? In the King James, it translates this, or add a single cubit to his stature, roughly something like that. The Greek is hard to translate, so it could mean, which one of you can worry yourself taller? I mean, can you worry yourself taller? Let's say you give yourself six months to worry, and you're like, I'm going to worry every day for an hour a day, and by the end of it, I'm going to be at least a cubit taller. A cubit is from the tip of your fingers to your elbow. I'm, some of us would be 20 feet tall if that was true, right? Now, he says, which one of you can add an hour? How many of you can live a longer life? Because you worry. So what I'm going to do is I want to make sure I live to 100. So I'm going to worry about whether or not I live to 100 every day. Does that work? Of course it doesn't work. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Or a single cubit to his stature? And why are you anxious about clothing? Look, I think sometimes we have this misunderstanding that in the ancient world, it was easier than it is today. It was simpler than it is today. Well, (laughs) I think that is kind of 
it, it really shows, when we think that, it shows like how far removed we are from history. Because it was a thing. Like if you didn't have a lot of pairs of shirts. Like you didn't have a lot of pairs of shoes. Most laborers were paid after their day of work. They went home and they bought their food for the next day. And then the next day they went to work. They got paid at the end of the day. They bought their food for the next day. They really did live day to day. Like life was like touch and go. And Jesus is saying, why are you worried? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? So he's saying, look, look at the flowers of the field. Do you see how beautiful they are? They don't toil or spin. They don't work at that all day long. But you do. You do work hard. How much more will God clothe you? That, the flowers of the field, they're here today, and then you gather up enough grass and you use it for fuel for your fire. It just goes away. But he says, you... You are eternal. God likes the grass, but he likes you a lot more. And if he takes care of the grass, will he not much more take care of you? I think you need to hear yourself say, God likes me more than grass. It's kind of funny, but let's say it out loud. Humor me. Ready? One, two, three. God likes me more than grass. He likes you more than grass. So don't worry, he takes care of the grass, he'll take care of you. Jesus said, which is today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Now this is, this is going to be uncomfortable, this next phrase. Oh, you of little faith. At bottom, underneath our worry, is the belief that God really doesn't know or really doesn't care, or really can't help. Therefore, do not be anxious. Let's read that. Let's read the yellow words together. Therefore, do not be anxious. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what should we eat, or what should we drink, or what should we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, so the Gentiles then were the non-Jewish people. They were like the pagans. They were the people that worshipped you know, in other religions. And their gods, you think of the Greek pantheon maybe, their gods lived in a soap opera world where the gods were really small-minded and selfish and did all kinds of crazy you know, weird stuff. And the people couldn't really trust them. They were always maybe trying to appease them or manipulate them. But Jesus says, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. You have better theology than them. You don't have to worry because you have a heavenly father who loves you and who cares about you, who knows where you are, knows what you need, and is involved in your life. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. You have a Heavenly Father who loves you, who cares for you. 
this is why you don't have to worry. And this is why you can do what verse 33 says. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What we do is we put God first, above all else. Then Jesus kind of sums it up. It goes from the highest of the high to like, it seems like, it just feels like super practical everyday living when he says, therefore, let's read the yellow words together. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Like, like there is plenty of stuff to worry about, you know, like, just get through the day. How about that? Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So here's why you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry because you have a heavenly father who loves you. And who loves them. Who knows about it. So what should we do? Well, this is going to be painfully obvious. Maybe like getting kicked in the shins, obvious. But what we should do is we should stop worrying. Jesus said, therefore, do not be anxious. Why did Jesus say not to worry? Well, there's at least two reasons here, but two that I'm going to give you. He said, do not be anxious because which of you, by worrying or by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life, for which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his height? Verse 27. You might recognize this chain. Before I, before I say what I was just going to say, let me just tell you, like, think of this as maybe your height or as your span of life, and Jesus is saying, worry is useless because which of you, by worrying, can add links to the chain? God has determined the number of your days. Worry will not change the number of your days. Worry is useless. The last time I had this chain out is the last time I preached on this text. And the last time I preached on this text was at Rick Blair's funeral. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Can you worry your, your life longer? What I'm trying to offer you is freedom from worry because you can anchor your soul to the God who has numbered your days. Trust the God who knows where you are, knows what you're going through, and knows what the future holds and loves you. That is your Heavenly Father. We trust God because worry 
is useless. Worry is also faithless. Remember reading that? Remember I said it's going to be kind of uncomfortable, and you said, look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet your father clothes them. Worry is faithless. How many of you know a 10-year-old? Yeah? Almost everybody knows a 10-year-old. Let's pretend that you are the parent of a 10-year-old. So can you imagine that? Like, imagine yourself being a parent of a 10-year-old. Imagine you coming out to the breakfast table and the 10-year-old that you're a parent of is sitting there and looks terrible. And you look at them and you're like, what is wrong? And they're like, oh, I cannot sleep. Like, well, well, why can't you sleep? Like, oh, I'm so worried. You know, I haven't been able to sleep for three days. Well, why? Well, I'm worried that you're not going to make the mortgage payments. They're like, well, have I ever missed a mortgage payment in the past? I mean, I have a long history of making mortgage payments. Like, I'm going to make the mortgage payments. Yeah, but I've been watching the news. I mean, the economy. You know, like, oh, fuel prices are going to be, it's going to be $5 a gallon, maybe $10 a gallon. Like, the war and, and, the, and the, like, the, the price of eggs. And, like, I've, don't worry, I'll make the mortgage. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you'll make the mortgage. And if you miss the mortgage payment, then you'll miss the car payment. And if you miss the car payment, we don't have a car. You won't be able to go to work. We won't be able to eat. I won't have anything to wear. I won't be able to go to school. You're like, you're 10. What are you going to do about it anyway? <laughs> but I feel like I can control it and make it better if I worry. And you know we're not talking about the 10-year-old anymore. Worry gives us this feeling of control, right? It, make, it makes a promise that it can't keep. It promises us that we can control things if we worry about them. But what Jesus is saying is that life is completely out of your control. You can't control it. Which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to the span of your life? You don't know how long you have. Worry is useless. Worry is faithless. Your heavenly Father has got this. Your heavenly Father knows where you are, knows what you need. So, what should we do? Like, how do we stop worrying? Well, I think verse 33 is the answer. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. How do you stop worrying? I think what you do is you take what you're worrying about and you bring it to God and you say, God, I am so worried about this. I am just staying up at night worried about this. I'm waking up in the morning worried about this. I worry about this all day long. God, I just, I just got to confess. I've been trying to control it, and I just need you to take it and be in charge. 
And I just trust you with it. And maybe it's them, you know, maybe it's a person that you've been worrying about and worrying about and worrying about, and they're the last, they're the last thing you think about before you go to sleep at night, and they are the first person you think about when you wake up in the morning. They're who your mind always goes back to during the day, and you're always worried about them. And I think the answer that Jesus gives is, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So you're going to give them to God and say, God, I'm going to do my best to obey you with them, with this. Like, I, I will seek you first with them, with this. I will seek you first. I'll obey you. It's yours. I trust you. You know, a best practice for this, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, is when we wake up in the morning, so first thing in the morning, we give our day to God, and we say, our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name today. And I think it would make a lot of sense to say, hallowed be your name today with the thing that I'm worried about. Your kingdom come today with the person that I'm worried about. Your will be done today with the stuff that's eating my lunch that I'm worried about. And give us this day our daily bread because I know that you know what we need and I know you'll give us enough. I know you will. It doesn't, notice, it doesn't promise everything that we want, but it does promise everything that we need. Your Heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And this is why we pray for our daily bread. Put Him first. First in your day, first in your week, like coming to church on Sunday morning. I mean, there's a reason it's first in the week. So you put him first in your day, you put him first in your week, and you come to church and you get your head and your mind set on worshiping God. And you do this week after week after week after week after week, and it points your whole soul towards him as you practice putting him first day after day after day after day after day. And you might, might even put him first financially and say, I'm going to give I'm going to give first. But put him first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. And giving first might be a way of just trusting God with what you have and saying, I trust God enough that I'm going to give. Even though it feels like I don't have enough, even though it's really scary. So, your heavenly father cares for you. That is the one truth I really want you to have about God this morning. You have a Heavenly Father who loves you, who knows where you are, knows what you're going through, knows what you need. He loves you. The first thing I want you to do is to stop worrying. Now, I want to just because, not because I'm mad, but just because I want that for you. I want to free you from the bondage of worry. I want you to experience the joy and downright happiness that comes with not giving yourself over to worry. 
That, how, how do you do that? Well, you put God first, and you give the stuff or the people that you'd worry about, you give that to God. Now, what's the result of doing that? The result. The result is you can joyfully worship God in happy contentment day in and day out. So in verse 34, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So what I'd love for you to do is be able to just glorify God today in happy contentment, joyful rest, just knowing God's got it, and I can relax in trust that God knows and God cares and God is leading. Glorify God for today. So what would keep you from glorifying God today? What would keep you from happy rest today? What would keep you from joy today? What would keep you from joy and happy rest and contentment today is either two things. One would be yesterday's hurts. And this is why Jesus really was intense. Some might say aggressive about forgiveness. You need to forgive. Yesterday's hurts can creep into today and take away our happy contentment and our joy. But the other thing that can take away today's joy that we're looking at right now is tomorrow's trouble. As we worry about what will happen tomorrow, how will I pay for this? This big thing that is coming up, what will I do about that? What are we going to do? How are we gonna, what if we run out? What if we don't have enough? What should we eat? What should we wear? How are we going to get through this? That's tomorrow, Jesus says. God is giving you enough grace for today. Glorify God by your joyful contentment today, knowing that he will pay the mortgage tomorrow. He's got you. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. So, as you look at this line there, what would you put in that line? I will stop worrying about by seeking God first. First in my day, first in my week, first in the paycheck. I'll put him first. I'll trust him first. Because I can because he's my loving Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would just give life this morning, the life that comes with happy rest and joyful contentment and peace of mind that doesn't come from our circumstances but comes from trusting you with our circumstances. Lord, you're the God of peace that passes all understanding. I pray that you would give each of us that peace today. In Jesus' name, amen.